Want a smoother contour and more youthful-looking cheeks? Rediscover a younger-looking you by adding volume to the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC, part of the number one selling collection of dermal fillers, based on January 2022 provider survey data. With help from Juvederm Voluma XC and a licensed specialist, you can achieve a more youthful cheek look completely customized for your goals. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Welcome to the Men's Journal Everyday Warrior Podcast. I've got Amy Van Dyken Ruin. That is a long-ass name, man. It's stupid. I don't hyphenate it. I've never hyphenated it, ever. So I was always go by Amy Van Dyken when I'm working or swimming. And then Amy Ruin, like when I have to call and get a prescription or call and get a reservation. Well, all of a sudden I go and I get this accident. I mean, I see you right after major surgery. I look up and the Today Show has hyphenated me. And now it's a thing. That, it, once once it's in, in the media, you're done. You're, you're, <laughs> At least you didn't change your name. No, that's true. Because right? there's, there's seals that get out that were like, oh, you know, John Doe, another name is something else out in the, in the public. And do they like, really do that? Oh, yeah. All the time. All the time. Why you, do they do that? I'll, I'll refrain from, uh, okay. from comments. Okay. Which people can probably figure it out. But for, <laughs> for, for the crowd, I'm going to give an overview here. So Amy is a six-time gold medalist, mm-hmm. Olympic swimmer for the United States. I, so I'm calling you a national treasure uh, over the next two days. Because what people don't know is... You're going to see the footage before this podcast comes out, but we are, we are skydiving Amy in tomorrow. Yep. We have a special pair of uh, pants that we're going to put you in. Okay. Uh, Nick Cush, who is a dear brother, and I can actually say with confidence has saved my life and the life of many SEALs from his expertise and his competence yeah. is going to be jumping you in. I would love to do it. Right. But when it came to you, we wanted to make sure that we were r- mitigating risk to the lowest level. And, and he is so good at what he does. He he would never say it, but he's one of the foremost tandem uh-huh. and bundle experts in the world. He trains our elite military in both those competencies. And okay. people don't know what bundle. Yeah, I was going to ask you. Bundle jumping is. It's it's basically imagine a circular. Uh, it's usually circular uh, cardboard uh, uh, cylindrical. Uh, vessel where we put gear in it. Okay. Sometimes they can jump up to 800 pounds, but imagine a bunch of seals are jumping in wow. and they need chainsaws uh-huh. and uh, you know, torches. And maybe they want to put some machine guns in there or other equipment. Uh, one individual would jump that in. It's a very complex mission wow. and, and he is, he's dedicated his life to it. He's uh, he's awesome. And he has oh. this huge beard. So he's, he's just burly. I am so excited. I like a good burly man. We, 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 so we're going to have fun tomorrow. And I know there may be some media on the, uh, the drop zone. We're here in Denver. Uh, so one, you get a, is this the first time you've skydived? Yeah. I've been deathly afraid until my accident to skydive because I'm deathly, af- I was deathly afraid of the fear of falling from heights. So in, anytime we got near anything high, I would freak out. Well, it's really weird because all of a sudden we start talking and I'm like, yeah, why don't we skydive? My husband, Tom is like, what are you doing? I'm like, I just don't have that fear anymore. And I don't know why 
I don't know if it's because I've already faced death. I've done it, been there, done that, have the t-shirt, all the things, and maybe it's not that big of a deal. So I'm okay. I'm wondering if you will become slightly addicted tomorrow. I kind of wonder because, you know, hearing from people, Mike, like that have jumped, they have said it's kind of a peaceful calm after a certain point. And I used to be able to go under the water of a swimming pool and lay on my back and look up and just have like that peaceful, quiet. And I haven't had that in eight years. So I'm hoping that this will do it. And I think I might become addicted because it sounds amazing. Well, I'm going to ask Nick to do a few things. So this is what skydiving has become for me. So I'm I'm not the guy who's doing the, the cool things in there. Okay. I mean, I'm one hip replacement deep. Um, skydiving is extremely spiritual for me. Okay. So I'm going to ask him to do a high opening. And I want him because, so on your first times free falling, a pink elephant could fly by you and you wouldn't even see it because you're, you're like sensory overload. And right. so it'll take a few times to totally be perceptive of what's going on when you're in free fall. Okay. So I want him to open high for a reason so that you guys get situated yeah. and there's some things he has to do procedures for the tandem. Okay. Um, but I want him to, to, you know, talk to you and say, Hey, okay, Hey, we're at 7,000 feet. Yep. I want you just to look around and look at the terrain. I want you, if, if this is the time, yeah. yell and get it all out. You know, if you're cursing and yeah. saying, screw you, right. um, or just, you know, woo hoo uh-huh. as he does look at the terrain tomorrow Okay. And just breathe. Okay. Breathe and just feel the air. And, and hopefully it's a spiritual uh, experience for you as well. Yeah, um, but for the audience, as we're doing this, we're, we're here at Amy's home and we've got Tom Ruin, uh, Amy's husband, who's a Denver Bronco. How many years in the NFL? 13. 13. And then we got Jeff Campbell, uh, also NFL. How many years? Five. Five. And, and then Will and, and Jeff's uh, girlfriend. Um, so they may have the peanut gallery may make some comments in the background. We'll repeat it. Um, but so Amy, let's, let's dive in. Uh, Cause I, you know, I, I gotta, I may piss some people off with this comment. You were like the, the Michael Phelps before Michael Phelps was Michael Phelps. Oh, stop. I tell him that all the time. You basically laid the foundation oh, for him to. I've told him this. Yeah. Also funny story. Michael Phelps would not be Michael Phelps without Amy Van Dyken. Let me tell you the reason. Uh, that is a bam, drop right? it. Let's go. And I tell him this too. So he's 15 years old, his first Olympics. It's my last Olympics. So I am coming off of this becoming the first American woman yes. to win four golds in one games. So he was following me around. Amy, do I put my swimsuit on? Amy, do I need to warm up? Amy, do I need to warm down? So you're welcome for Michael Phelps wearing a swimsuit and knowing when to warm up and warm down. There we go. So yeah. But what I did was the female version of what he did. Yes. Right. So it was pretty cool. It's pretty cool. And he's a dear friend. And I think that's pretty cool that we're friendly. Were you, were you proud when he came out, uh, regarding the mental health? Oh, oh I was like, I haven't read that. I'm so sorry. Jeez. Oh no, no, no. no. Did you think come I out of the closet? I did. I'm like, hey, Michael Phelps is sank and I'm he's like, a heterosexual. He's not. Yes. Correct. We're not saying Michael, that. And Michael even if he Phelps. did, we'd be wildly proud of him. Well, I, absolutely. I mean, but still then you go, Nicole, I haven't read anything today. What's going to happen with the kids? Are they divorcing? What is happening? I got scared all in that moment, but coming out with the mental health, there we go. It's a different story. Yeah. yeah I was so proud of him. I was so proud of him for doing that because The thing is, and what he said was so true, and I don't know if you feel like this from your military background, but like you start to feel like a commodity. You start to feel like you're not a human being, like you are there for one purpose and they will take care of you and baby you and make sure you have all the things. And then all of a sudden the day you retire, Amy, who, right? So I was very proud of him for doing that because what he did for swimming and for sport. And Simone. 
I, I think he paved, paved the way for Simone to do what she did. did. And what she did was great. And I know that people can have all their things, whatever. But if you're a gymnast. And are, you, are you talking about the criticism of her? Correct. Hey, you know what? What I often say to people is kiss my rebel ass. <laughs> kiss my rebel ass. Right. You know, right. The, the amount of judgment out there. Right. Uh, if you're not operating or performing at that level, just. Just sit down just, and shut up. Yeah. Yeah. Because you don't know. Like she's on the world stage and she got the twisties. Right. Which for anyone who does any sort of flip, she can't tell what's up, down, right, left. She could have really hurt herself. So for her to actually pull out when other athletes would have gone on, i.e. Carrie Strug broke her ankle and continued on. I'm glad she stopped because gymnastics has also been one of those sports that has been so um, driven by you will do this and you you must. And it almost like brainwashes them. I don't want to say that really, but because not really, but almost like we're work, 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 work. And you're not really a human. Again, you're a commodity. But, swim, but Olympic swimming is no different. No, Olympic swimming is no different. You're right. I shouldn't just say gymnastics. Yeah. I think every sport kind of has that a little bit, right? Because you kind of have to. You have to get in that mindset that pain is good. You love pain. Like, otherwise, why are you training eight hours a day? Like, you know, why are your fingertips purple or, or pruny, you know? Do, could you imagine, like, I go to the gym for yeah. maybe an hour and a half, yeah. two hours. Maybe I'll get uh, double days in. Yeah. But it won't be beyond two two and a half hours. Right. Yeah. I know we got the camera Andy. guy. Will just, Will. Hey, ask for permission. This is Amy Van Dyken. You couldn't hear me. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so I think he wants you to lean Stop. a little closer to, to the mic. Stop. I, I apologize sorry. for my staff. They are very disrespectful. No, they're fantastic. They're uh, fantastic. And apparently you all have to have the same haircut, which is really cute. No. So let me tell you the story. Yeah. Like I've had a shaved head. I've had a shaved head for a while. Okay. And Will, is, you know, I own the company. Yep. He is an employee, but he's like a little brother. Yeah. And I think he's like th three year mark. We all come in and Will has sh shaved his head and he's had hair for the longest time. And everyone's like, Hey, is he, is he trying to be like Mike? Oh, or is it like, like I mean, well, everyone of. came forward and they're like, this is a little weird. Do I need to like, I mean, do I need to move? I'm not going to say weird things about this, but he also has the scruffle on the face yes. also has the tattoo on the inner bicep. I'm not going to say that it's like single white like female. female. Yes. But it kind That's of what my wife female. said. She's like, Hey, do we have, do we have an issue here? So. I think you may need to put a restraining order or something in place. I'm not sure just for when it's done. No, Will's awesome. He's perfect. <laughs> so um, we're, we're going to get to yeah. that level of performance. Let's, okay. let's back up. Cause okay. you know, I, I say the same thing to all my guests. You perform at a, a national level. You, you, you are a, a celebrity at the national and international level, but nobody ever knows your background. Right. No, no one ever uh, understands all the struggles it took to get where you, you, you got. So you're born in Colorado. Correct. Which is one of the most beautiful states. It is. It's gorgeous. In, in, Ingle, Inglewood. Inglewood. Yep. Inglewood, Colorado. I was the first of four children. And so I was like the pride and joy. And, uh, you know, I was a normal kid, but all of a sudden at 18 months old, my mom looked in the back seat. Cause you know, we had front facing car seats back then. And she, do you remember that? Are you talking about the old station wagons? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. That's yes, with yes, the yes. Woody on the back and yes. the, yeah, everyone's facing forward. So she looked back and I was like turning blue, not breathing. So she brings me Wait, eight, 18 months, 18 old. months old. So rushes me to the hospital and within the next, probably, I don't know, two or three months I was in and out of hospitals and they couldn't figure out what was wrong with me pneumonia or bronchitis. It just kept coming up. So there's a hospital here in Colorado called national Jewish and it's, um, respiratory health. Yes. So my mom was like, I'm just going to bring her there. Got me in. And the doctors did all the tests and came out and said, you know, we've never done this with a child this young, but your daughter's got severe asthma and not just severe asthma, but all three types. And she's severe in all three types. 
And so we may want to, you know, keep her inside, make it very sterile and serene. Um, this is, I, I'm forgetting the movie where they put the, the, bu- the, the man bubble. in the bubble, man in the bubble. Yeah. That's what there was conversation, right? Which was very weird back in the seventies. <gasps> oh no, but you can Google it. Um, so it was very weird, but growing up, my mom was like, I'm not going to do that to her, but we won't have a dog or a cat and we won't have her spend the night at friends' houses. We'll have them all come over here. So I didn't really know. I mean, I knew I was missing school a lot, you know, with the asthma and in and out of hospitals. And at the same time, I had a brother who had a brain tumor who was three, you know, he was two years younger, almost two years younger than me. And he ended up passing away five days, five days after my fifth birthday. So yeah, so there was a lot going on. And I feel bad for mom because in the hospital, she's running to see me, running to see him. So yeah, it was a lot as a kid. We, you, so, you know, sorry, I talk fast. No, 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 no. But let's break that down. Okay, let's Could, unpack it. At five, could you process that? No. So what ended up happening was my brother at one point um, sat up and he was in a coma and he sat up and he looked at the end of the bed and he started talking to someone and, you know, I didn't see anybody. So of course I'm like, man, whatever. And he's like, no, 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 mommy, it's the tooth fairy. The tooth fairy's here. And he I distinctly remember him saying no tooth fairy. I don't want to go yet. So that was weird as a kid, right? Mom still reminds me of that. But the day he passed, my parents left me at home, didn't bring me to the hospital And they came home and my mom said, Amy, I have to tell you, but Donnie died. And I started laughing. And my mom's like, Amy, what is wrong? And I go, mom, you're silly. Only old people die. So then after that, I get this imaginary friend named Julie, who was just a hellion. She got in a lot of trouble. She did a lot of bad things. That Julie girl. But yeah, so I think that's how I processed it, right? Was having another best friend albeit imaginary. So I don't know if there's some shrinks out there, let's unpack that and see what's going on inside. (laughs) But it was very, you know, it was hard. And I don't remember a lot of that time. Um, I remember probably two years after, and I remember before he was born. You still take time to reflect on that or no? No, No, I don't. I don't. It's hard. Like today I met a dog who had the same name as my brother. And I was like, Ooh, that's weird. Right. Yeah. Who names their dog? Donnie. (laughs) Yes. It's it's odd when you give dogs, uh, Although my yeah, dog's yeah, yeah. name is Dylan, but he's named after a lake. <laughs> okay. My, my, my name is, uh, or my dog's name is, uh, Bane oh. and he bites people. He actually, yeah, we got Jeff. He came to the wedding. I don't know if you ever saw that. You did. You did? Yes. And then they cleared the crowd real quick. No, I'm joking. Uh, he's a Dutch shepherd. Yes. Which, like a Malinois? Yes. Yes. So in, in the military and in police forces, they use really two main breeds, the Dutch shepherds and the, uh, the Belgian Malinois, and he is sweet with the family. But if you come to the front door right. and you're a stranger, uh, even Will, he's like, yeah, I don't want to come into the house. Uh, even you and you are Mike part de. <laughs> yeah, when he comes into the office, he's a little different. But I mean, we, we really? do have a, a young woman who's, who's great. She's a okay. workhorse. She's from Brazil, okay. uh, Naira, who's a little uh, scared of, uh, of Bane. That's, that's a fair assessment. All dogs. Oh, okay. really? Okay. It must, uh, yeah. I don't want to say it's a Brazilian thing because that'd be wildly. Well, yeah, no, yeah. I don't think it, I don't know that it, 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 I think it's a Malinois thing. Yeah. I mean, I love every dog, but I'll see one and I'll, it does take you back for a minute and you're like, oh, you do boba. We are dog people. I, you, who was it? I, well, Dave Batista mm. uh, has saved a lot of dogs. He, he yeah, he's, he's, yep. he's also been a big dog advocate. Dogs are a better judge of character than most human beings. Amen. Yeah. Amen. My first dog picked my husband. Did you, right? I don't know if that's the criteria, Amy, that yeah. I would utilize to marry another human being. Tom, how do you like, yeah, what is, no, it was just, what does that entail? Like you sniffed him? No. So like, is this how low your standards no, are? No, 
well, look at who I married. My standards are very low. Well, you don't get no, what happened was, so I was seeing, can I, are you okay if I say this? I was seeing some baseball guys. Are we okay with that? Okay. I'm a jock, so you can't call me a jock sniffer. So otherwise you would, but I was seeing some baseball guys and they would come over and bring her balls and she would drop them and look at them and like go outside and never come back in. Tom comes over and brings nothing. He's wearing like biking pants, which for the first time you meet someone, I don't when, know. When you say biking pants, what? I, I mean biking pants. Like leather chaps? I, what, what is this? Oh, no, that would have been better. No, you know the cute little things that the women wear when they um, spin? No, you were, but you. <laughs> you just said the thing that women wear, so. When we go spin class? Yes, but so he was wearing women's pants. Little, is what well, I don't know if they wear women's pants. They might have been. I'm not, I, listen, I was not into it at that time, so we had just met. But he came over and he was wearing the little biking shorts because he was biking. And I was like, wow, that's a confident man. A, B, okay. And then C, my dog liked him. Okay. Yeah. Oh. I mean, you, you need to know all the, apparently all the goods we, when you, we, before the public, you buy it. The public now knows the, was... the, the story. I, well, was... I guess my, 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 my wife had two dogs um, okay. and they liked me. Good. I did, you know, but there's, there's much more there. We'll unpack that on a different story. Let's but, do that. Yeah. So. I, you know, I did read at six, yeah. you know, you were going to multiple doctors and finally one doctor said, Hey, and I don't know if this is like, it's so similar to the Mark, uh, spit story. Cause Mark, um, had, uh, asthma as, asthma well? as well. Oh, I didn't know that. You did, is, I, I think I'm right there. If somebody pulls it up on, uh, Mark spits, uh, he, he had asthma and, and that's yeah. how he got over it. Awesome. But he, he basically said, Hey, listen, and, and was this a doctor you, you liked that said, oh. looked at his, your mom said, Hey, listen get your daughter in the pool. She's going to work through this. Exactly. Cause he was like, we need to exercise your lungs. Right. But at the time I was so weak. There were a lot of nights where my parents had to carry me upstairs because I couldn't take the stairs. You are kidding me. No. Oh no. When I swam in the Olympics, my lung capacity was 63% because I couldn't take the medicine compared to a hundred percent person who's next to me. A, a, a woman of your of my age group, my age, height, weight, all the things, the girls I was swimming against. You were right? at a, so roughly 37% disadvantage. Correct. Yeah. So already you're behind the eight ball. Right. But you know, so I had this my whole life that you know, I couldn't really take the meds to like help me get better once I started swimming. But before that, when the doctor said you should start swimming, dude, I tried out for everything. Like I tried diving. I'm not coordinate. Tom will tell you, I'm not coordinated. I, yeah, I don't know. All the things. No. And that hippie skippy jumpy thing, right? That they do. Have you seen oh, this yes, now? Yes, yes, And I watch to see who's going to rip their foot off. Like, I don't even care about the dive. I just want to make sure everyone's safe. Like, don't rip your foot off. But I did that. I did synchro. Um, and then I tried swim team and I loved swim team. But, you know, and I know everyone's like, well, yeah, we know the end of the story. But it took me six more years until I was 12 years old until I could finish 25 yards of, of, of I read swimming. that. Yeah. So and it was, so when you first got in the pool, what was it awful. like go five meters and then and stop and stand up? Yeah. Hang on the lane line. Yep. All the things gasp for air. I always, until, Holy hell. until the day I retired, I always had two inhalers, one at one end of the pool, one at the other end of the pool, just in case I was pulled out several times by the paramedics. Hypoxic. Yeah. Well, cause I, yeah, I was just, I, my lips were turning blue, but it was a set that I loved. Right. I wanted to compete with the boys and I could do that. And I was just stupid in doing that. But when I was six, you know, if we're going back to that really quickly, I was there, I was finally for the first time doing things that my friends were doing. You know, we were buying the swimsuits, we were eating the jello, we were doing all the things and it didn't really matter that I was not a good swimmer to them. Right. And so I kind of felt like, well, now I feel like at home, and when I finished that first length of the pool, man, you would have thought that I was like the next coming of, well, let's use the name Mark Spitz. 
you know, and it, but it was just that everyone was excited to go to lunch. So <laughs> we, we naturally think, I mean, well, Jeff is like five foot five. Oh God, uh, on a, on five a foot good six. Day. Sorry a, to Robbie here. On a good day. I'm Tom, you're, you're what? Six, three or four, but you were also a collegiate level baseball player. Correct. Also kicking for the football team at the time or? No, I switched over after. Decided I, I wanted to start playing football. In college? Yeah. In okay. college. That's so, nice. I mean, Tom, you look at Tom and you're like, oh, yeah, the guy's built like it. Oh. Uh, yeah. Oh, you should have seen him when he had the booty. Let me tell you. Oh, did he have glutes? Oh. He was working glutes? I am an ass legs man. And so when that guy in those little girly, uh, whatever shorts he was wearing that day, I was like, yes, please. Whatever that is, I will take five. Thank you. I remember Jeff telling me a story about, you know, he, he's, he's a little bit of a ladies man. Oh, yes, he is. But he, he said he met some, was, some gals. Was. He met some gals in Detroit out in town on like a Friday. And he said, hey, would you guys like to go to a football game? Um, I've got some tickets to the Detroit Lions. And he, he's, he's like, I just set this up perfectly. He's like, so I told him to come to this, like, whatever, the, the box office or the, the yes, the ticket call. office. Yep. Yeah, the will call. Yeah. And he's like, he had this half-cut shirt, which mm. when you see a guy in a half-cut shirt, now you're like, okay, that's Looks like that's a, a guy in move. biking spandex yeah. shorts. It's the same so he's thing. got his, his little uh, tight uh, football pants on. Oh, and God. he comes out. And they didn't realize he was part of the actual Detroit Lions. And he's like, oh, I was in after that. But he set it up beautifully, the mastery. So the manipulation. Yeah, Stoopy uh, is a legend in his own mind. I just, before we keep going, oh, well, yeah. I started at 6'4". <laughs> Jeff is saying he, he started, you know, he's 5'6", but he, he on, on paper started at 6'4". Um, uh-huh. So, and, and for the fans, Jeff is the famous, what year was it? The, were you guys beat Nebraska? It was the reverse 86, which is a famous play in University of Colorado Boulder uh, football. But the point I'm getting to is people naturally think that you guys just have this. It's nature versus nurture. Right. That you are born this way. Sure. I mean, because you are tall for women. I'm six feet tall. Six feet tall. Yep. I've got huge hands, huge feet. But be an amazing man. So you didn't have to work as hard as the other athletes because you had a physical... <laughs> I no, wish. Here, here's what I'm, I wish. So you had a disability going in. Right. I, I don't want to call it a disability. Well, yeah, yeah. You, you had this asthma where your sure. lung capacity was not. Talk to me about how, how much more did you have to work than the, the 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 girls, even the high school around you, right? Who didn't make it nearly as far as you did. I mean, so Correct. they're going to practice. Are you doing something beyond that? In high school, no. In high school, I would just practice in the morning and the afternoon with the team. But then when it was over, then it was morning and then you go to school and then you lift weights maybe at lunch and then you swim again for another two hours at night, right? So maybe that was a little extra. I'm not sure. But then, of course, once I got out of college and started just full on training, then I was definitely doing more than a lot of other people were doing. And you have to also remember when I'm also struggling to breathe, that that's also a workout. So like if we did a practice that was 7,000 meters my body felt like 14. it went 14. Yeah. To them. Yeah. But you set multiple records. I did. In high school. I did. And you're already now at the national level. Yes. You, I mean, you actually brought in the, the, I think your high school championship. Yep. Okay. Yep. So you're getting looked at. Mm-hmm. Does that, I, I've always wondered, did you have a different high school experience than let's say yeah. uh, there was nothing special about me in high school? Nothing. Huh. And, and, and I'm fine with that. Sure. And I had a great time in high school. Let me, Did you? Don't get me wrong. It, nice. like, it was, it was fun. If it, you know, didn't do too well in high school, but yeah, parties right. and, and we had a lot of fun. I mean, San Jose, California was a great place to grow up, 
um, where other people were going to parties and everything else. Did, did you feel like you had a different high school experience? I did because I had Saturday morning practice. So I couldn't go out on Friday because I've got to be at the pool at 6am. And then Saturday night I was so exhausted and I really had to catch up on homework and all of that. I did not do great in high school <laughs> either. So bless. Um, but yeah, I mean, I really didn't have the full high school experience. I was also, um, what you would consider a nerd. So I was pretty tall. Really. So in high school, I was racist. I did. You had racist. I did. I had yeah. the perm. I had the, the mall bangs. The perm was so awful. What was your generation thinking? It was know. just <laughs> my hair still ruined from that. We, I look back at like my sister was eighties in yeah. high school. Yeah. And in her, her yearbook has a guy <sighs> leaning on a Ferrari with the, the sweater, you know, intertwined <sighs> in the short shorts. Yeah. It, like it's what just were we th- we have no idea what happened back then but i had it all going on plus i was five foot ten i weighed 125 pounds so you're you're towering over some of the boys exactly so i always walked hunched over as close as i could to the wall and i was bullied pretty bad in high school you're kidding me no like no like pretty bad yeah like um there were used tampons on my locker my suits were cut off all the time because we would hang our suits on our locker and lock yeah. them up so they could dry they were cut off almost all the time there was one time where I went out to my car and there was a, like a paper bag on my hood. And I'm like, what is this? And it says dog shit for dog shit. What? If it brings you any joy, the people that did that yeah. are probably morbidly obese now. One of them wildly was wildly unhappy. One of them was my server at Chili's. No kidding. Mm-hmm. Which not that that's bad, no. but it was just, I, you know, I, I had never seen, I hadn't seen her since high school and it was very awkward and all the things. And you know, the thing is when kids are picking on other kids, I'm like, you better be careful. Cause like, you don't know what that kid's going to do. You know, you don't know if that kid's gonna be a famous actor, a great, you know, like the president, you don't know. So be nice to everybody. Don't be a dick. I, so I tell that to my son, there was, there was a, a, a poem from Tecumseh that okay. we used to say when he was little. Um, and, uh, I always told him just be like, it was always like you stand against bullies, yeah. you're kind and respectful to everyone. But I told him like, well, he doesn't understand this, but there was a guy, um, who went to my high school okay. and uh, he is now, his name is Bass Nectar, which he's a famous uh, musician. And I was listening to this music when I'm in Afghanistan, Iraq and other places. And I didn't realize it until I read some articles. I'm like, Oh my God, my graduating class. But you know, I, I don't think anyone gave him a hard time. He was a nice guy, but yeah. just, I mean, he wasn't one that drew a lot of attention because he wasn't an athlete. He wasn't overly academic. Right. And you don't know where people are going to end up. And for those being bullied in high school, you don't know where you're going to end up. There was a Paul Rudd, I think, sent a note to a kid who's being bullied recently. He said, hey, give it time. Yep. Give it time. Get, seriously. Things will wildly change. Seriously. Yeah. And it does. It does for a lot of people. You know, you end up. And I almost think when you have that experience, it makes you stronger. And so you can push further. And you're just like, you know what? All these people don't like me anyway. So who cares? I'm just going to go be me. I'm going to do my thing. And it taught me how to be my own person at an early age. You know, I will say this. So I was small. In high school. Okay. I, like I wrestled at 119 at one point. I was wow. a cross country and track runner and I wasn't bullied, but I would stand up to bullies Good. and I would get my ass beat down. And my dad, who was much bigger to, you know, played football in high school and, and, and went on to play football uh, beyond that. Uh, he said he feared because he joined the army. Okay. He actually played football for the army. This is during Vietnam Wow. when base football teams were huge. It was a point of pride. Wow. So that kept him from going to Vietnam. But um, he's like, I always knew you were going to go into the military because you always went against bullies. When other kids were getting bullied, I'd run across the field and and just shoulder check the guy and then get beat down afterwards. But um, it's amazing where you go back, you know, 20, 25, 30 years later and you're like, 
Wow. Yeah. How history has changed things. You stayed in high school and all of us moved uh, beyond. Yeah. Now, that's not everyone. I mean, there's bullies that 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 learn and yeah. they're, they're uh, resentful or, or, or remorseful for what they did. Exactly. Which is great. Kids are kids, you know? Yeah. I mean, come on. We got to give them a yeah. break. But at the same time, just be nice to everybody. It's in you, how far that carries in life. Be yes. kind, be respectful, be empathetic. Absolutely. Be non-judgmental. Thank you. Yeah. How, yeah, how many schools were recruiting you out of uh, high school? Two. <laughs> That's another funny story, right? You I, weren't getting looks from Stanford and no, and the actually, top. the Stanford coach had told me later he's like that was the biggest recruiting mistake I've ever made. What was it on paper that they? I am not sure. Um, I know I had a really fast fifty freestyle, right? Which is the one lapper. Um, but in high school, you actually set the national. Or um, correct me here. So I qualified for the nineteen ninety two Olympic trials. I in high school. In high school. Yeah. And I still only got recruited by two schools, University of Arizona, Colorado State. And I went to both. Well, I know we're going to, we're, right? we're definitely going to get to Which that. Which is but. cool. Yeah. So I didn't get as many looks as you would think. Um, the class that I was in was pretty stacked. You know, you had at the time coming out of high school, you know, world record holders, American record holders in my events. So of course they're going to give the money to that person. I would too. I was, you know. You chose Arizona. I did. What? Why did you choose Arizona? Because it, what was it your freshman year or your sophomore year? You you transferred to, to Colorado State. It was right before my junior year. Okay. Yeah. So I was there for two and a half years. I loved it. I you know I grew up in Colorado. I wanted to go somewhere that was warm. Yeah. With was that trees. was that mainly the? Well, no. Let me tell you the truth. So <laughs> on my recruiting trip, they try to take you to places that you're gonna enjoy, right? So they brought me to the football game. They brought me to an ice hockey game. That yeah. Then was the Desert yes. Swarm, I right? Remember the this. defense. They were yeah, amazing. On the ESPN, on the, on they the were cover. everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Teddy Bruschi. Oh, amazing. But so we went to all that, and then they brought me to Fraternity Row. With Done. a bunch of men that were tanned and sweaty with their shirts off doing beer bongs. I'm like, your, your husband's in the room. That's fine. Okay. He knows he doesn't drink too, which is really, <laughs> he's funny. like, I, I had a college experience as well. I'm still here. Like, oh, he did. We don't need to talk yeah. about his college experience. It was way, way seedier than mine, but that's okay. But yeah, so that's why I went there it was just, I thought it looked like a fun school had a great swim program. They gave me, um, you know, a partial scholarship, which was pretty cool. So a partial. Yeah. Yeah. I got room, board, and books paid for. So, I, you know, a lot of the stuff. I just didn't, I had to pay for classes, which, you know. Something, something seem, is seeming wildly off here. What, yeah, I don't what know. Did, what did Colorado State? Colorado State full? was like full ride. And they were like, we are giving, we are actually changing our team for you. But did they offer you a full? Yeah. Out of high school? Colorado State did, yes. And I should have gone there in the beginning. But you know what? You're 18 and you feel like you know everything. And you're like, now nah, I'm going to Arizona. Yeah, that's and like, Yeah. But you don't know everything, right? And I remember when I went to CSU and the swim coach was like, I didn't know you were swimming for me. And I'm like, because I'm not. And he's like, well, why not? And I'm like, I don't like swimming anymore. Uh, you know, I just got over mono, found out at 19, I would never have kids. Like it was kind of a rough year for me. So I'm done. And he goes, well, how about this? I'll pay for your school for a whole year, but give me one semester. And if you don't like it after a semester, you can quit and I'll pay for your year. Again, I'm not smart, but the mathematics made sense to me. I'm like, Sure. So we go out there, the very first swim meet, I go and I'm number one in the country by a lot in all of my events. And I was like, huh, maybe I just need a change of scenery, you know? And it was awesome. We did great things at Colorado State. Fort Collins is a great town. Isn't it amazing? Yeah. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. Downtown is... It's amazing. And the Pickle Barrel, if you ever go back, go to the Pickle Barrel, get a Funky Punky sandwich. It's a sandwich place. It is so good. We might have to go later with the space that you're giving me. I'm just very upset. It sounds like a whole lot of cornball or what is it? What is it? Cornhole. 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 <laughs> Cornhole. That's right. 
I come from San Francisco. Oh, I, like, there are certain cultural issues. I went to Texas A&M. Right. Oh, you did. I went, nice. Oh, yeah. Nice. From right from the Marine Corps. Yeah. And right to Texas A&M. And I remember flying in to, uh, or not flying in, but driving into uh, College Station. And like the tears, now yeah. I'm what? I've got to be like 23. Like the tears coming down my eyes. I'm like, this was a culture shock. Have you ever been to Texas A&M? I have. I love College it. College Station? I have. I love, I've been in that social Love it because you, 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 you visited for two days. I swam like, really, wow. I swam really fast. Okay. I'm at full. I swam All right. really fast. It's, <laughs> it not no, good? No. Texas A&M is a great university. It's a very unique culture. Um, it was just a culture shock from living in San Diego. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I get that. And so I finished college in three years and got the hell out of there. Um, still proud to, to be an Aggie. Also proud to be a Longhorn. Very conflicted. Fan. There you go. Yeah. Hook them horns. Hook them horns right? and giga mags. There you right. So um, it seems like it was at Colorado State that you just started. Oh, I did. It just what? Yeah. Was it the the change of scenery, or was it the coaches and mentors, or was it a combination of all of, of everything? All of it. Right. It was all of it. The coach was amazing. I guess he went up to my husband and he told me, he "Goes when Amy came here, we I actually changed my entire program for her so that it would benefit her so she could swim fast." And it was that we had one lane with sprinters that had never been done before. So we were all sprinting together, but it was also, the team was amazing. Not that U of A wasn't, it was, mm -hmm. but it was boys and girls. And that can always cause, you know, dating issues and all the things when it was just the girls, it was awesome. There was no pressure because I'm at Colorado state, which at the time had never done anything really in swimming. We get there, we get to NCAAs my junior year and I break American records and Colorado state ended up 10th in the country. We had a, a gaggle of girls that came and it was just awesome. I really, you know, I wish I would have stayed there for the last year. Um, just cause I don't know what would have happened, but. Oh, so you didn't, you didn't finish. That's a contention in my family right now with my husband. Yeah, no, I'm 12 credits shy of graduating. So my husband took, took his university of Colorado degree and put it on the wall with my high school diploma under it. So I took off my high school diploma and I put a world record plaque right under that sucker. I win. <laughs> I win. <laughs> so it, it's safe to say that uh, competition makes the world go around in the, uh, the, the Van Dyke and Ruin. Oh, the home. Ruin house is a hot mess the, of competition. Yeah. Like awful. Like it's not even that cute, but it's fun. It like keeps you alive. Right. And we've been married 21 years together. What? 25 million. And I isn't, isn't that a statistical anomaly now? Correct. 25 years. Well, not only that, but you also have two people that are athletes. The fact hold, that we're hold, still hold, together. Hold, hold, hold on. Well, I mean, um, hold, hold on, because I've been waiting for this one. I mean, do you sometimes say, "Hey, well, I'm the the only real athlete in the in the house," well, all the and time. Tom, I'm not trying to because uh, like place kickers, they, they make fun of you guys, <laughs> right? Yes, right. But you, but what's funny is place kickers don't like to get hit, and he was a punter, and he liked to hit things because he started off as a linebacker back in in high school, right? So he wanted to hit things. And the panic for me, I was out of town one day and they're playing in Philly and all of a sudden I see him punt and I'm like, great. And then the next thing they show is him laughing, shoulder pad, hanging out. I'm like, what happened? He hip, he shoulder checked. Well, he was mouthing off to one of the guys on the other team. He's like, nice try, MFR. Sorry, everybody. And the guy ran back and just jacked him in the back. And Tom's like, how did I end up on the ground? Pe penalty. <laughs> Penalty? No. No? The resting. No. <laughs> they let the people actually so, play football. You know, one, of the, one of the greatest like stereotypes of place kickers, which uh, who wouldn't want their son to be like pro like grow up to be a place kicker? Uh, right. Like you're like the longevity of it, you, you say, but uh the replacements with Keanu Reeves. Do you remember the guy who, who was the kicker? He's 
Winery, winery. That was the best. Yeah. We've seen that a hundred times at least. It's, a, it's, it. it's sort of set the the the, the mantra for for kickers. For all kickers, yeah. yeah. No, I don't talk about that because he's very athletic. Actually, John, I know. John well, Elway. baseball at what San Diego at, State. San Diego State, and then switch to Boulder to the football team. Yep. But John Elway said that Tom Ruin was one of the best athletes in the locker room. Yeah. So I can't. I don't have him on that, but I do have him on this. He's only won two Super Bowls. I've won six gold medals. So I win. I'm not smart, but I know that four or six is more than two by four. So I I don't, I don't want to be part of those conversations. There's there's so many ways you can take that. Oh, so many ways. Uh, Let's go. Let's do it. (laughs) But yeah, no. So I never make fun of his athletic because it's just, he was really good at kicking a football, like really good at it. He could have done other things, but I couldn't have done anything other than swim. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I beg to differ. It's just the one thing you, you, you focused I on. I did. I, I fell into, yeah, and I, I loved it. Just the fact for, for all the young men and young women listening right yeah. now to have 63% lung capacity compared to the people you're, you're competing at yeah. in the Olympics, that's just grit. That's just obsession and desire. Mm-hmm. I'm it sure is. there was a lack of balance in your life at that point. Very much so. Very much so. It was all swimming all the time. But I was fortunate I met Tom during that time and he was also competing. And so like he knew if I came home late, like why? There was that commonality. Exactly. That was, yeah, exactly. If he didn't come home until like midnight hanging out with the boys, I get it. Like you have to do that. But like it got to the point where I would wake up, go to swim practice. And then we had someone back in the day deliver meals, which was unheard of because I Meal couldn't prep. cook. Yeah. Right. I like I just I didn't have time. I didn't have the energy. So that's what we did. And it worked out great for both of us. So that's interesting that two people within the professional level understood and they didn't want to take away from your desire to succeed within that, that realm that I did. That sounds like a perfect pairing. I think so too. In a lot of ways. I think so too. And he wouldn't marry me until after 2000 because he didn't want me to go into the 96 Olympics with the last name ruin. (laughs) Yeah, imagine? branding. I get it. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Branding's yeah. a little rougher. The Wheaties box doesn't look as good what, with that. What What was it like? Because you left with in college, you set world records or or U.S. records. I set American records in college. You were yes. the, the second woman in history to go below twenty two seconds Correct. in the fifty meter yes. freestyle. Yeah, fifty yard freestyle. Yeah, yeah. What was it like? Because I remember talking to a guy named John Wellborn. John Wellborn uh, was, uh, I think, the Green Bay Packers for for a lot of time. But I said. Man, it must have been going from college because he played at Cal Berkeley to the NFL. That must have been just a wild leap. He said, no, actually high school to college was. But everyone in the NFL was just, everyone was good. Yeah. Was there a major leap from college to the Olympic trials and then Olympics? Not really. No, because a lot of the people that I swam with or against were in the Olympic Olympic trials. Right now, what made the, now what made the distinction was the Olympics. Now that's real stuff. That is definitely different you watch these people swim and you're like, oh my gosh, like they're floating on the water. Cause that's what you want to do as a swimmer. But right? so are you, but, well, but there's this perception of uh, they're just that much better. Correct. Correct. And you know, you have to remember going into 96, no one knew who I was. No one cared. Like all the major media was focusing on other people. So it was amazing. And so I could just sit there and watch and take it all in until we started swimming. <laughs> and then it got gnarly. It was fun. Were, were, were the nerves... I, I, so were the nerves different than the NCAA finals and Olympic trials than 
Not at Olympic trials. No, at Olympic trials, I've, I equate it very closely to the NCAA's finals. Correct. But there's a lot of pressure, right? Like we don't have once a year to make the Pro Bowl. So it's once every four years. And yeah, that's you're just taking hits at your, your constant your, yes, hits, okay. constant at hits at these boys. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's like, and he even says it. He's like, it sucks because you only have once every four years. And if something is wrong, you catch a cold, you get mono, whatever, you're done. And you, that's it. You have four more years. And it's hard on the body to swim like that. So, you know, it was tough. And, you know, there's a lot of emotions at Olympic trials. There's a lot of highs. There's a lot of lows. You know, a lot of people that are supposed to make the team aren't making the team. They're crying. People are making the team that you, you've never heard of. They're laughing. And it, it's crazy. So you it have, sounds like an emotional roller coaster. It is. Sorority. Yeah. It is. Yes. But the sorority, yes. So you have to, again, I wasn't in a sorority. Or I should better say a fraternity, which are more emotional than, than sororities. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Guys, you put guys together. Like The SEAL teams are one big sorority. Sorority. Oh, yeah. We, we often call it the sorority. Okay. A lot, lot of drama. Naked lot of pillow drama. fights? A lot of tears. No naked pillow fights. That's not happening. <laughs> Sorry. The, the a lot of duct tape. But we won't take it beyond that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, I can understand that. So you've got friends who, who bank their entire lives on this, and all of a sudden it's just like, missed hey, you're not good enough. Yeah, missed a team by a hundredth of a second. Right. When you're a world record holder, like it's just not, but you get it. Oh, you're, you're saying world record holders just had a bad performance and didn't make it. Didn't team. make it. I had one friend, world record holder in the 400 IM. And in 1996, she was expected to do all these great things. She got disqualified in prelims. Never got to swim. Did she make the 2000? She, no, because she got pregnant and had her baby who now, when I work for PAC 12 network, I cover this baby. Oh, she's, she's swimming. He, yeah, it's, it's a daughter, he. Yeah, he, it's a he. he. And so, her yeah. son is, is, a, is a swimmer uh, at Cal. That's great. Right? She went to USC. And so that's very weird to Strong see her in Cal school. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but, but that happened to her. And, you know, she always wonders where her life would have gone if she would have made the 96 team in that event. She made the 96 team in another event, but just not in her best event. So I, I've got to say for Olympic athletes, it seems like they get, the best word is hosed hosed. Mm -hmm. So and will, you know, reminds, remembers this one. There's a, there's a gal named Annika Newell mm -hmm. and Annika was on our podcast and she, she's, she's American Canadian dual citizen. She is a pole vaulter for, yep. for Canada, but you hear the stories and how unsupported they are. And Annika, what I love about Annika is she, she calls it, she's, she has this bad bitch personality. Yeah. She's got tattoos and I need to link you guys up because you would be a coach her. mentor to her. But she she made it to the finals uh, on the Olympics this last go around and just had a bad performance and, and didn't qualify on any of the uh, jumps. But she's like, I'm going to play some France. But it, the bottom line is, it's just like the countries get behind their athletes in that moment, and then it's just like done. That have a great three years. We'll serve four years. We'll see you again if you if hopefully if you make it correct. But yet NCAA athletes are now the NIL uh, are making they're making some money. It's funny to see that too. You know, I mean, you've got this 18 year old kid making like, you know, $4 million. You're like, what is happening here? I don't know how I feel about that. Right. Like I get it where the kids are like, they're using my name, my likeness and making all this money for the school. And I'm making all this money for the school. Um, I personally wasn't cause I was a swimmer, but the, the revenue sports, right. Well, so I mean, I get we, we've got two here. Yeah. I, like, Hey, some of these kids, their, their career is going to end in college. If they make a little money, I'm actually proud form. Okay. I, I know it'll, it'll change the integrity of the game, but are you guys thumbs up or thumbs down or still trying to figure it out? Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm not sure. Is it, but is that a generational thing? Cause it skipped you guys. And yeah. <laughs> 
I'm being honest. That's just like, oh, well, b- back in the day, quarterbacks took hits, and now they're overly protected. Oh, sugar. No, I, I think there's a lot of problems. It's yeah. happening too fast. It's happening too fast. There, you know, the funny thing is, you watch this. This is completely off, off topic, but there will be a whole industry created around this alone from, yep. uh, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of the crypto. What are the uh, the likeness? NFTs, oh, NFTs, yeah. NFTs to, 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 to agents to it's, it's going to be interesting. And I know Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban are, are in a little tiff right now because Texas A&M saw the, the opportunity and get on them. That's yep. first, uh, you know, I want to say first mover advantage, but they moved quickly. Um, sure. So in 96, you walk away with four gold medals, one, the 50, 50 free, mm-hmm. the, uh, was it the hundred butterfly? Hundred butterfly, yep. and then the two team four by. Yep. I, uh, so I did the four hundred free relay at the four hundred medley relay. Something funny is you'd think that because I got fourth in the hundred free and first in the hundred butterfly on that medley relay, they're going to swim butterfly, right? I said after I won, I said I'm never swimming that again. So I talked the coaches into letting me swim the freestyle leg. I'd never swam What's butterfly your time again on the. My time was really fast on the, on the relay. Quicker than your individual performance. Correct. So actually uh, I had an individual performance, right? I got fourth again. I felt bad because you know, when, when you quote unquote lose, which I felt fourth was losing because I'm an American, right? Like we don't send people there to, to get fourth. We send people there to come home with a medal. So I felt like not only at that moment, I let myself and my family and all these people down, but like I let my country down. So that you walk sense? away with four gold medals and you feel like you've let your country down. Well, this because was before one that happened. This was before. So that was any, the first event. First event ever of the, of the Olympics, like the first event that went off on the Olympics. Let's, so let, 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 let's break this down for okay. those listening. When you had that performance where you finished fourth, yeah. you're sort of demoralized. Is that, is that a, <laughs> is that an accurate? Um, yeah, it was, it was not good. Yes. I was demoralized. Also. So what did you do to reset, to prepare to win four gold medals in that same? Right. Well, here's the thing. If you tell me not to do something and you tell me I'm yeah, not good not enough to do power. it, don't do it if you want me to do it. Right. So what happened was I ended up collapsing on the deck with leg cramps. I, re- I remember this. Right. I remember this as a kid. Do you? Yes. I love that. So yeah, I collapse. The Olympics are now stopped. Kid. I'm sorry. As a young man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in high school. I swear to God, I will freaking beat all of you. Listen, you can kill me with a paper clip, but I can run your ass over with this wheelchair. Let's just not. I have no doubt. I have no doubt. Plus, I get a hip replacement. It's hard to get away. Yeah. So yeah. So I collapsed with the leg cramps. I went back and I had dinner, did the massage, all the things, and then I went back into my room. You diva. I massage. Now we didn't have that in the SEAL team. You didn't combat mission. No, hey, I need a massage. Wait, be another guy. Can you imagine? <laughs> well, that might be. I mean, I'm not going to say no. I'm oh, not. You would say love no. to watch that as a woman. Yeah, I, I would love to. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. No. So anyway, yeah, yeah. So I collapse with leg cramps, and then I go back to my room, and the head Olympic coach, whose swimmer was one that I had competed against forever, and she's an amazing athlete, and I don't want to take anything away from her, but I beat her out in the events. So he tells me. He goes, I don't think you're ready for these Olympics. And I think you should maybe think about going home because he, you know, again, he has a swimmer and he goes, it'll all be taken care of. There will be, you know, someone can pull up the slack. And I thought to myself, whoa, whoa, dude, who are you to tell me what I can and can't do? Like he doesn't have the right to pull. You you. don't have the right to pull that. Right. And I was like, you know what, coach, I'm going to go to sleep. If I mess up again, let's talk. But then I hear out in the hallway, he's out there with my personal coach, who was a coach on the team and the other Olympic coaches. Then they were all yelling and screaming at one another at one another. So basically the head coach is a figure who can't technically 
he can't do that. Yes. Right. He has to have the backing of everybody else. Yeah. So they were going to take me off the relay the next day. I talked my way into it and went the fastest split that has ever been swum in the history of that event. That, to this day. T- not to this day. Cause okay. right. Because but to, that point. to that point. And I just remember thinking to myself, don't tell me to go home. Is it, is there a little bit of you get out of the pole and you look at this, mm-hmm. this older, is it, is it a woman or a man? It was a man, man of like F you. Um, what I did was actually, I went up to him and I was like, Hey coach, what was my split? And you already knew. I already knew because the Dutch team had already told me, right? Cause my grandfather came from God, another God bless the Dutch. God bless the Dutch. I yeah. love them. I'm Dutch. No kidding. Yeah. yeah, of course. Grandpa came right. from Holland. And so I'm second generation American. Yeah. They still love all the sweets and all the yummies that all the Dutch people love. Yeah. But yeah. And then we went on to, you know, the next day was the hundred butterfly and I swam in the morning and that same coach who told me to go home, told me he thinks I can win it. And I was like, oh, you. exactly. That's exactly what was going through my head was like, who do you think you are? Like, stop. So he and I never really had a conversation after that. And he was even the coach in 2000 and we never really talked, but I went on to break history. First American woman to win four golds in one games. It's only been tied, never broken. And I will be there when it's broken because it will be broken. I've seen such an array of, I'm I'm searching for this, of just don't count anyone out Mm -hmm. is just give them guidance and let their performance determine the, 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 the judgment for you. And people have turned it around mm-hmm. and some people haven't. Right. And you, you don't judge on their character. It's not, it's not a, a judgment of character. It's, it, it, they just didn't perform to that level. They may be successful somewhere else, but yes. you know, I've had, and God, my story is small, but I remember a family friend who happened to be, I think it was fourth or fifth grade teacher told my mom that your son will never amount to anything. Stop it. Oh yeah. And now we look back and it's like, your kids have done nothing even remotely close to my level. It's Correct. not a judgment on the character. Same thing with a certain coach at high school, basically told my parents like, Hey, this kid's not going to. And yet for all the athletes he's, he's coached, none of them have ever achieved anything on the level that, that I have. And it's not, I'm throwing this in your face. It's give, give people a chance because you never know what's going to happen. You never know. So if you are one of those kids, right. That are being told that you can't be anything. Use that. Use it, but also use that as fuel. Look at it. The reason that they're saying that is they're jealous. Jealousy is a nasty lady. But there, there may also be some points there if you well, can. Sure, if you could look at it uh, subjectively and, and be like, "Hey, they may be right on this certain thing. I need to tweak this. I need to correct. I do need to tighten up this." Mm-hmm. But whatever they say, whatever judgment they have passed, yep. F you. Agree. I'm moving forward, and I will. I will show you. Yep. So you. Uh, you know, let's actually, I want to go to a mid-roll break and we're going to okay. come back and then, okay. so we end the mid-roll break with two questions. Okay. Uh, we call these the hard questions. Oh no, I know. Yeah, I'm so nervous. to put you on the, the hot seat. Okay. Hardest decision you've ever had to make. Oh my God. Hardest decision I've ever had to make. I think well, I've got, um, I've got two now. Can I give you two? One in my it's, professional, it's, one in my personal. Yo, that is actually great. Okay. So classify. Yes. Okay. Because so, you classified it that way. Yeah. I will grant you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Thank you, sir. So my first one professionally was retiring from swimming. Yeah, I thought you were going to say hardest thing in the world ever, but it needed to be done. Uh, The hardest thing. Why? Okay. So good question. So I had had two career ending shoulder surgeries, one six months to the day of the Olympic trials in 2000. And um, it was really hard to put me back together, but I wanted to keep doing it. Like my mind wanted to keep going because I loved the sport. My body couldn't keep up. Yeah. And so that was really hard, you know, like leaving a sport that I loved so much that had given me so much that was my life. 
Then in my personal life, one of the hardest decisions ever that I made was, you know, do I push after my accident? Like, do you push forward? Like, what do you do? Right. We are going to get to this. Like, what do you do? Do you strive to continue living or do you shut it down? Okay. Do you mind if we save that one? We're going to put a pin in it. Yeah. Okay. So, but biggest regret of your life. Oh, it was a regret. Sorry. Uh, no, 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 that was the hardest decision. Now the second now one the was- biggest, Now the biggest regret. Yeah. The biggest regret is how I acted in the 2000 Olympics. It was inappropriate. And I don't think that uh, I, let, I had control of my emotions. Wait, wait, what aspect? What, what are you referring to specifically? I, I Remember, a, we get vulnerable in this podcast. I know. I made a comment that shouldn't have been made to a, um, a swimmer. And I got out of the water. She beat me. And I said to a friend, but the cameras were there and I should have known it. I said, I could have swum that fast if I was a man. Inappropriate. Disgusting. I look back at it now. Teammate or no, different country? Different country. She was from the Netherlands. Were, were you making accusations of potential ped performance enhancing drugs? No, I'm just saying she was swimming like a man. Okay. Like the way she was swimming, she was swimming like, a, yeah. and that's a compliment. I don't, I want people to understand like for a, that's a compliment. Like, right. Like you run like a man, you swim like a man, right? It was just not appropriate. Like, why do you need to like, give her her moment? Shut up. You had your moment. Stop it. If I could go back and do anything over again, it would be that. And I don't have a lot of regrets in my life. That's one of them. That is actually, thank you for that. Because that that's actually, that's awesome. We've all said things where we're like, oh, I wish I could retract that. Right. It's just now that that statement has a lot of relevancy given what's going on with. Oh, sure. Yeah. Sure. But yeah, it yeah. had no implications of that at all. Yeah. It was just complimenting her on how well she was swimming. But yeah, it's just, I don't really have regrets, but if, and again, it was not just an incident between me and her, it went worldwide. Like the world yeah. now hates That's Amy. Media. That's it, media. Right. And it's spun. And it went far and fast. And I dropped out of the, the spotlight because I was an ass and I needed you, to. You know, as well as these guys, when you step onto the national or international stage, the smallest comment will be spun without any context behind it whatsoever. And Correct. Yeah. I'm not a fan of, uh, of, of media. MSM, but mainstream media. With that, we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we are back with Amy Van Dyken Ruin. Um, and let's see, you're drinking. This is a high noon vodka soda watermelon. What do you have now? I've got a Cayman Jack Cuban mojito. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to warn you. It might not be the best Cayman Jack margaritas. Amazing. But it came in like a pack. I don't know if that's going to be good. If it's not, we'll trade. It's not bad. It's not bad. Is it drinkable? It's drinkable. Okay, good. What's the difference between a Cuban mojito? Cause I've had mojitos in Panama city, Panama. Correct. Which are the best. I have no idea what that is. Except when you drink too many of them. There's a certain like tequila. If you get drunk on tequila, you never want to. Yeah. Oh, I love tequila. tequila? You've, you've never had a tequila drunk though. Oh yeah. And you still drink it. Oh, I love it. Oh, it makes me the happiest person ever. Whiskey, tequila, all the things that normally make, make people fight. I become like, I love you so much. Just give me a hug. I've, I've noticed brown liquor. That's like my worst nights are brown liquor. Oh, really? Oh yeah. Okay. Well we'll stay. Okay. But it's lovely to drink. Well, so I, I've, I've got to go. I'm not going to say this. There's a Moscow mule. Yeah. There's a Kentucky mule. Yeah. But most of the Kentucky whiskeys are now owned by like Japanese companies. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, it's much like Budweiser's owned by trying to think of the name of the company. It's a Swedish company. We've got lights coming on here. We're good. <laughs> Whoa. Um, <laughs> But a Mule 6 is a version of the Moscow Mule yeah. with whiskey, Ooh. American whiskey, other than Kentucky. 
Okay. And so usually I mix it with Pendleton whiskey is one of my favorite. Okay. Out of Oregon, of all Ooh, states. Okay. They're also a, uh, a sponsor of PBR. Love it. So on Love uh, it. after we go home from here, we're going to do the jump. We're rushing home on Sunday. I speak to, have you, have you, so the PBR, are you familiar with that? Oh yeah. The pro bull riding. Yeah. Oh, I so love So they've them. now gone to a team format. Okay. You didn't know that? I didn't, I haven't heard so that. So they did a draft. Stop. And I'm in Austin. Okay. So Austin has one of the teams. I think there's eight teams total. The Austin Gamblers. I've got it. So I, you know what, what I'm going to do with all my podcasts is I'm going to bring select people back. Yeah. Like Michael Gaffney Ooh. is, is one of the. I mean, goes down in history as one of the best bull riders in history. Right. Such a good man. But I want to bring, yeah. uh, you know, people like you, Annika, Michael Gaffney, oh. like Dave Batista, to just do a, a round table and for people to listen to that and just people in wildly different professions yes. just talk about life and leadership and, and overcoming adversity, right. I think would be uh, powerful. But Michael That's Gaffney smart. is for a guy who rode and will correct me, 8,000 pound bulls, right? It's something. No, no, no. Maybe oh, it's, it's insane. Yeah. He wrote some nasty ones. And there, when, when he was riding, there was that one, and I can't remember, Tom would remember his name, but the bull was just nasty. And it seemed like he always like, got picked that bull. Like I'm yellow like, jacket or something like that. It yeah, was like yellow jacket. Something like that. Yeah. Those guys are crazy. They're nuts. They're amazing. I, I, I so we were at, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you're with me. Some firefighters like, oh my God, I know, like, I know you are. I'm like, what, what, you know, you know who, who I am. I'm like, that. I'm like, uh, okay. He's like, yeah, no, I follow your podcast. He's like, you guys are crazy. I'm like, what do you do? He's like, I'm a fireman. I'm like, that's crazy. Hey bro, I go to combat with 40 highly trained professionals. Right. We mitigate risk to where we know we're going to win the gunfight. And unfortunately, sometimes a man or two may not come back, Sure, but that is rare. You guys run into fire for which there is no like that is a wild variable for which you cannot account for. Correct. That is in my opinion. I'm like, thank you for what you do. <gasps> yes. Because when I see fire, I stand, I, I go the other direction. Exactly. And they go into it Yeah. and don't, you know, they just want to save people. I think it's so cool. In first responders. I don't know why anyone would want to be a cop right now. Oh, bless him. Uh, coming from, you know, my, my, my grandfather was a, uh, he was one of the lead detectives for San Francisco. He played really? for the, the Cleveland Indians for a short period of time. Okay. But like back then, you know, they were, they were beloved. And yes. now cops who are very important. And we're seeing this with the whole defund police. Well, look at the cities that did that to include Denver. Mm-hmm. And yeah, whenever uh, we see it, because, you know, I live downtown and whenever I meet the girls for a happy hour at Union Station, it's been two years since we've seen a police officer down there. So every time we see one, we're like, thank you for being here. I, and I would encourage people, if you see police officers, if you see first responders, mm-hmm. go thank say them. thank you. Yeah. They need that. Yep. It reinforces that even though they're making a small amount of money. Exactly. Is that they're doing something well beyond the money that they make. Oh, yeah. They are, they're protecting lives. And, and they may lose in the, the in and outs of what they do day to day, yep. 24-7, 365. They sometimes lose that perspective. But when it takes one person to come up and say, thank you for protecting my family. Yeah. Even when I was downrange, mm-hmm. cops were like, oh, thank you for what you did. I said, thank you for protecting my family mm-hmm. because I didn't have to worry about them right. when I was gone. But That's I, awesome. I, I know we divest. So the yes. 2000 Olympics, right. you know, you are declared the golden girl of Colorado. Right. You're a media, I, I call it the, the <laughs> dazzling darling. Right. Um, and you decide to retire. Mm-hmm. But there's something that happens in your life that maybe will define you more so for the way you've reacted to it. 2014. Yeah. June 6, 2014. Right. So that day was crazy. Um, like 
always, you know, I took my dog for a walk on the golf course, got yelled at, you know, some guys like, you're not supposed to have dogs on the golf course. I'm like, you're not supposed to play shitty golf on this golf course. And I'm like, run. (laughs) I went and I did my CrossFit, you know, which I still to this day do every day. And, um, I met the guy who owned the box. He had just gotten back from regionals and his name was DJ. He was a firefighter. Right. And he's like, we got firefighter games tonight. You want to come? And I'm like, absolutely not. What's his last name? Uh, DJ Bremel. I think, I think he's been on the cleared hot podcast with Andy Stumpf. I think, I think may have been, Okay, he may have been. Yeah. Cause what he did was crazy. So he gets a call that there is a, uh, someone crashed on an ATV and it's a back injury and he, but they don't know who it is. Nobody knows who it is. Did you know him before this? I did. I worked out with him that morning, that morning. Okay. Right. Is that so, weird? But, but take me. So you and your, your husband and a group of friends, just me and him, just, just me and him. We went to a restaurant, right. That was a quarter of a mile away from the house. I wanted to take my ATV cause I was doing a radio show, Fox sports radio in LA. I wanted some like good air. Sorry, LA, but let's yeah. be honest. I wanted some good air. So I was like, I'm going to take my ATV. You take your motorcycle. We'll be fine. And then we were going to come home and I was going to have some wine. And then we were going to watch game of Thrones, which we've never watched. <laughs> hey, funny enough. I just interviewed on Tuesday, uh, Jamie Lannister. Oh, seriously. Nikolai, uh, uh, Co- uh Waldo, I'm sorry. Coster Waldo. Right. Uh, great dude. Oh, great dude. Good. Yeah. So I'm a oh, game of I Thrones junkie as well. See, but I never saw it because of my accident. Right. Because what happened was, that was going to be the first, that was being the first time we were going to watch it. Right. We, we were stoked. So, you know, we finished dinner. I had trout and steamed broccoli. And the only reason I bring that up is not because yes, it was a good, healthy meal, but I don't remember what I had for dinner last night, but I'm never going to forget that meal and I'm never going to order it again. And then what happens is we stood up and said goodbye to everybody. And that's where my memory stops. We went out and normally Tom would have taken off in front of me with his motorcycle, but if he would have, I wouldn't be here because he wouldn't have found me. So he was dilly dinking with his motorcycle. I get on my ATV. He's like, you go first. This is what he's telling me. I don't remember any of this. And I went and he said, he looked up and there was no scream, no flicker of brake light. I hit a curb and went over a six foot cliff and he ran over and saw the dramatics, saw that my back was broken. I was face down and he ran down there. How do you tell that somebody's back is broken? It was really broken. Like when I say, well, I I don't know how I was. Like, I think I was just laying flat on my stomach. But what had happened was it was such a severe, most of the time people will dislocate like this or a little like this. Mine was like this. So like, it was a pretty gnarly. So it, it almost is like a compound fracture, but it didn't break the skin. Correct. Correct. So he could see it from six feet up that it was broken. So he gets down there and I'm not breathing. So what he did was he rolled me over and lifted up my neck to get ready to start compressions and breathing, which is great. He did not because as we found out later, it was um, half a hair width away from my aorta. So if he would have given me compressions, I would have bled out. But instead he lifted up my neck and I started breathing and convulsing and my eyes went two different directions. But in the meantime, someone's calling 911 because they've Somebody seen it. Correct. And what happened was we found out later he was a doctor, but he had been drinking. So he couldn't help me. Right. Because he was like, I don't need, I, I, I can't, I've been drinking. I'm sorry. I'm not going to touch a patient. So they call 911. DJ gets called. He goes, I don't know. I have a feeling about this. And he calls flight for flight for life and says, I have a feeling about this. If I'm wrong, I'll pay for your gas, but you need to be there. So flight for life gets in there and they got me out of there. And my husband was told she probably won't remember your name. And I got flown to trauma where Arizona. Cause we were in Arizona. Okay. So I got flown to Osborne hospital down by where we lived in Arizona and, um, yeah, had the best surgeon out there. I was actually told to say goodbye to my husband. So surgery was supposed to be the next day. Okay. So the, the accident. So happens. you do come to, I do come to, 
I don't remember any of that night, but I re- you don't remember the accident. You remember, you don't remember going over the handlebars. You don't, I remember none of it. I remember the next day. So I was supposed to have surgery the next more, the next day at noon. But what had happened was when I dislocated the sac around my spinal cord burst open. So I'm leaking spinal and brain fluid, right? So I'm going to turn into a brazen in like a few hours. So they moved it up to 8 a.m. And I remember before we went into surgery, we're in the prep room and my doctor's holding his, his iPhone and he goes, Amy, you're not understanding. This is your spine. We're going into surgery. I'm going to have the best cardiothoracic surgeon in there. I'm going to do my best to get you out. But just in case I need you to say goodbye to your husband. And I did like Mike, it was, do you a, still have that. I mean, I still remember what I said. Did I, he didn't hold, I mean, did he save that? You never went back and watched that video. Oh, we never had that video. We didn't have video of me saying goodbye to him. Cause what the doctor was showing me was my x-ray Oh, and I oh, was, I I'm sorry. I wanted you to record. No, Correct. Sorry. And I'm sorry. I, I was not clear on that. So it was my x-ray. He's like, look at that. Like, this is serious. So I did, I grabbed Tom's hand and I said, babe, I love you, but I want you to like move on and date and get married. If I don't come out, <laughs> you know, because here's yeah, so you go to, you, listen, like, hey, yeah. you, you know where I went? I went to the freaking lifetime movies that all of us watch secretly. We don't tell anybody that we watch them. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. I don't know, I, no. I don't know what my wife is telling you, but <laughs> But you know, it's like the person dies and then you meet your soulmate and you don't know. So I wanted him to be clear that I was okay with that. So he got, I don't know if I would say that. You don't. I, would, I, I think I would look at Jordan and Will knows Jordan well. And yeah. one day you'll meet Jordan. Yeah. Hey, listen, mourn me for a minimum of five years. Yep. And then take another two years to date right. and, and maybe get married at, at the, the, you know, the eight year mark. Yeah. Or I will roll over in my grave and judge you and I will watch you. I mean, get you. I will, I will, I will forever. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So, so yeah. I say goodbye to him mm-hmm. and then he grabs my hand and I couldn't sit up. Obviously my back is broken and he are, got, you, are you in pain or they have you so I sedated am on so much Dilaudid that I didn't feel anything. Is there, I mean, is there a point that you understand the severity of this? I know a doctor is telling you, but you're so sedated. Like you're just, are right. you, are no. you, you're not processing not a little bit. No, not even a little bit. Like that's why when I said goodbye to Tom, it was matter of fact. Right. And he, he got really close to me and he said, babe, if this is too much, you can let go. And I told him many uh, profanities. Uh, and then we went into the operating room. I was like, I will be back. I will be back to haunt you. I will be around. Is is this the the competitor? I think so. And I think he might, he, I think he might have known that, right? But yeah. Have you ever 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 had a conversation with how hard this was on him? Like, because oh, no. he has to go home. I mean, was he sleeping in the hospital? He was. Yeah, and so this is actually what changed my perception on humanity um, because I was that person. Right. I had to, I remember distinctly one time I had to hold the door open for a man and I didn't get a thank you, a fuck off, a head bob, a stare, a middle finger, nothing. He just walked through the door. So in true Amy fashion, I go, you know what, your Royal Highness, next time I'll roll out the red carpet for you. Well, what happened to Tom in that surgery? It was nine hours of him sitting in a corner rocking. Crying. Yeah. He didn't have the ability to say thank you if someone opened a door. So how dare I do that to some other man who I don't know what he's dealing with? Yeah. You know, and it just, I was very jaded, I would say before, and it really changed the way I look at things. And that man has been through so much and had, I mean, you know, PTSD probably better than anyone, but he would be driving down the street and he'd have to pull over because he'd just start screaming, crying for no reason. So it's been really tough on him. And I really, I'm thankful for him. You know, because it's, this is crappy. It's not fun. You know, I joke and I laugh because I want people to understand that life is still awesome. It's just a little bit different. But in those moments, it was really tough. Like, we don't know what's going to happen. And then I get into ICU and the Today Show changed my name. <laughs> How dare they? But yeah, I was in ICU for three weeks. 
And I got a bunch of balloons and stuff and I couldn't take them with me. So I started giving them to everybody that was in ICU. You know, some people don't have people there to visit. Just to spread the... Exactly. Go spread the love. I was so fortunate. So many people, you know, I mean... So, so it sounds like you were, you're positive. Well, yeah. No, yeah. No, there, there, there had to be a moment of, I don't deserve this. Mm. God doesn't know who I am. I'm Amy Van Dyken, for God's sakes. Like, I've set the standard for, for female swimming. Yeah. My mobility is my, my power. Mm -hmm. There has to be some, this is unfair. I don't deserve this. I mean, there has to be some Mm. struggle there for you. Was there? And if there was, I don't remember it. I was, when they, this is so weird. And when I tell people, it's just odd. I feel like this is my life's goal, like the, the goal for my life. You felt like this was your moment? Correct. Not the, not the gold medals. The gold medals got me to where people would pay attention to the woman in the wheelchair. Right. So that was the springboard. And now what I'm doing, I, th- I feel when they first put me in a wheelchair, let's talk about that. I felt comfortable. I was like, yeah, this is cool. I got wheels. I'm going to learn how to do a wheelie. I learned how to bump curbs. I do all the things. It was weird. Do you think your, your, your positivity is on a clinical level? <laughs> probably. I probably need some help. <laughs> so was yeah. that what drove you to success prior to the- no. So, you know, they always say to athletes, um, there's one of two ways that you go about looking at a race. One, you're afraid to lose. Two, you're afraid to, you're uh, afraid to win, right? I was always afraid to lose. I mean, or you wanted to win. I apologize. You're afraid to lose or you wanted to win. I mean, winning was fine. I was afraid to lose. I don't want to be. Was that failure. always healthy? No, it's not healthy. No, because the thing is, when I look back in my life, the time that I learned the most about myself was when I didn't win, when I got... God, failure is so powerful, isn't it? Isn't it? It's amazing. You learn so much and you learn a lot of humility, which I think is really cool. You know, so I always tell kids, don't worry about if you're, if you're not winning yet, you know, you're learning the lessons, keep pushing. And if it's going to happen, it'll happen. Was there a level? Because mm-hmm. I, I mean, huge within the everyday warrior confine. Right. I talk about failure as part of the process. Yeah. Like learn to smile at it, yeah. not to love it, but to smile when it happens. And what matters is the self-reflection after the failure. Yes. There had to be some form of self-reflection. You come out of surgery. Correct. Yeah. You're told, Amy, you're never going to walk again. Mm. Did it force you into the self-reflection of, wait a second, I've done the unthinkable. Mm-hmm. I've got this. I mean, what, what, ooh, there had to be some level of self-reflection there to, to, to frame your, your mindset going forward. And I know sometimes we don't recognize it until years, years later. Correct. And that might be what I'm doing. So I am really good. And I know military men and women are like this. I am very good at compartmentalizing. Probably military women more than military men. Maybe. Well, now now that I learned that the men are in a sorority, it's a whole different game. But, but no, so, you know, I don't, I don't, gosh, I don't remember that. I just remember. And I remember even telling Tom, I said, babe, this is where we are now. And I don't want to look back. I want to look forward. And I want to be the best person that I can be. And I want to help as many people as I can, because I know that this is not an easy road for anybody. And, you know, everyone's talking about, you know, racism and sexism and misogyny. There's ableism out there all over the place. And I want to shine a light on it. And I want to show the wheelchair people that wheelies are cool. You know, I can still wear high heels. They just don't hurt my feet. I can still dance. I want to show people that I do things the same, but in a different way. And like, whenever I do something new, I always have to look around and plan. And I, I know you guys do this too. Three escape routes, right? Because if the first one doesn't work and the second one doesn't work, let's hope to God the third one works. Contingencies. Uh, we usually have three contingencies. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you do. You yeah. plan three steps ahead in case you, shit, 
hits the fan or whatever. So yeah, so that's all I do when I go into a place, right? Like if that elevator's broken, how am I going to get out of here? Oh, there's an escalator. I'll use the escalator. People in airports watching me do escalators is fun. Can you do that on your own? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm hardly with anyone to help me. If I'm with somebody, it's to have a good time, to have a conversation, whatever. Will I need help? Probably, you know, maybe in something, but I'm very independent, which I love. I'm hoping tomorrow. Yeah. We spark something into you. We're yeah. like, again, again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not only again, but I want to go to Everest and I want to see that from 20,000 feet. Like, but wow. What does that look like? Uh, I can't really remember. Okay. Okay. I was, uh, I, I remember watching the video. No, yeah. no, I do. It was, <laughs> it was awe inspiring, but you're also focused on, okay, now I need to execute this because the, the, the drop zone is small, what we call confined easy. Sure. Um, in the parachute because the, the, the density of the area is just screaming at speed. And so, but I think we, I, I want to give you the sense of, cause I'm going to be in the airplane with you. I know. I'm and so we've got to put you into the harness. Yeah. Uh, Nick and I is I'm going to be talking to you right before you go. Like, okay. Hey, are you nervous? And of course you're going to be nervous. Of course. Yeah. And be like, you remember how you were before that Olympic performance right. nervous. Yeah. This is it. It's probably going to feel the same. Do you think? I think it will. I'm so stoked. But that degrades. Sure. That, 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 uh, subsides as you get more jumps under your belt, but yeah. still the beauty of you know, having come right back from Iceland, like it just ruined jumping for me. Now I got to jump in Iceland all the time. Okay, or, went to or, Iceland. Like, me and my best friend are talking about going to Iceland right dude, now. You got to do the ring road. Really? Do the ring road. Okay. Yeah. Will, Will came yeah. with me. Okay, uh, good. Yeah. Will stayed what? Two days, three days later. I, dude, I had a wife. I couldn't justify like once, no, once we yeah. canceled the, the expedition, yeah. uh, due to, uh, reasons, uh, <laughs> beyond our control. And sure. Andy stuff is about to, to do a podcast on why we did, cause he can articulate it that much better than I, he's, he's smarter than I am. Um, I, I, I had to get home, but, uh, I get that. So I, I'm honestly starting to believe there's, there's something seriously wrong with you. Agreed. Oh, okay. I mean, let's, so I, you know, this positivity is like, if more people had this right. infectious positivity in the face of adversity, sure. like you, so you look at all attributes, yes, confidence, mm-hmm. uh, you know, grit, um, uh, drive, yeah. uh, you know, accountability, di- discipline on the resilience. You are off the charts. You are uh, like you, you almost like to, to what people would be like, yeah, maniacal resilience, but to, there's, there's beauty to that. Thank you for saying that. It means a lot coming from you. I really appreciate that. Thank you. So you have dedicated your life now to speaking to people. Yep. And teaching the world. I do teachable moments on my Instagram. And it's just stuff that I didn't know about when I was an able-bodied person. Wait, let's, we're going to put it out multiple times, but your oh. Instagram is at, at Amy Van Dyken. You've got to follow this. <laughs> Thank you. Because most people look at people that have suffered horrible accidents, you know what they say? Like, Oh, that poor, bless your heart, bless your heart. That sweet woman. Yep. I get it all the time. And your response is, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Right. If anyone's going to bless my heart and call me a sweet yeah, woman, yeah, yeah. I mean, it does not happen often. Like, you know, you're getting to know me. I am not, I mean, let's be honest. You I, don't, you don't hold your tongue. I do not. At all. No. Well, here's that. I had no filter before my brain injury. And now I literally have no filter. So with, with the brain injury of the injury yes. uh, of the, of the accident, yeah. what, what was the, 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 the level of that? Oh God, it was pretty gnarly. So it was frontal lobe. So I went through six weeks of speech therapy. So um, was your 
speech pretty damaged. Yes. I was a lot of stuttering, stuttering. Yep. Not remembering the words, getting pissed that I couldn't remember the words, right. Freaked Tom out. Um, so yeah, I went through a lot of that. Another thing that's really weird, right? Did did they have to, uh, I'm I'm assuming you had swelling in the frontal lobe. Did they, a little bit, but it was okay. It subsided. They didn't have to go in. They thought they may have to crack your skull at some point to relieve the pressure, which was great. So what happened, I guess it was like leaking through where everything was going through at the time. Mm -hmm. I don't understand the medical stuff, but this is weird. I'm out to dinner with my neurosurgeon, right? Because I become dear friends with them and we're eating a steak and he's like, Amy, do you want a glass of red wine? I'm like, Oh God. He goes, really? My thing before my accident, I was, was red a wine. red wine connoisseur and I loved chocolate. It makes me want to vomit. Which go hand in hand. Which yeah. go hand in hand. It makes me want to vomit now. So I tell him that and he goes, well, that's because of the metallic taste in your mouth. I'm like, I don't have a metallic. Ah, oh, crap. I do. I didn't notice it. But brain injured people always have some sort of metallic taste in their mouth. And so I have it. And that's why I don't like those things. Is that weird? That, that's, a, that's odd. I'm, yeah, that's odd. Yeah. I'm not going to say that. No, no, that's normal. Thank you. I appreciate. Thanks. You, funny enough. So we had the luxury of the guys at JSOC to go to a program at Bethesda called the National Intrepid Center, National Intrepid Center of Excellence at uh, okay. Bethesda. Yep. And now it's expanded for the entire military. Oh, they good. got that right. Good. Because I'll tell you, the infantry Marines, the infantry soldiers are much more deserving than us. Uh, to, to, to receive that regardless of how much time they, they serve. But at one point they did a cognitive test and they said, Hey, listen, you've, you've suffered 50% cognitive degradation wow. and I'm smiling. And the doctor's like, what? I was like, I'm sorry. What, why are you smiling? I'm like, what baseline are you considering that off of? Cause I don't remember you taking a, a baseline. They're like, right. well, your peers. And I said, without skipping me, I'm like, that's where you're wrong, doc. Cause I was never as smart as my peers. I worked that much harder and he awesome. laughed and I'm like, it's, it's fine. But it, it, there was also speech. Yeah. I have a hard, hard time with word recall. Trust me. I'm not sitting uh, crying into no. to my spilt milk at all, but uh, correct. Um, and you can see it when it happens to us, yeah. which is funny. Cause it's almost like our eyes roll back to see the word. I don't know if you do the same thing. I can see the word, feel it. Like it's fuzzy it's there. or whatever. It's right here, but I can't get it. When it happens to me, I'm like, today, junior, like get it out. Yeah. So I'll be my worst critic. How's your short-term memory? Short-term memory is really bad. So what do they call it? Compensatory measures? Yes. So my wife will tell me something. And this isn't like, oh, ha ha, the husband's forgetting what his wife tells me. But she's like, well, and this actually happened in the military. You guys would be like, hey, we got a meeting in five minutes. They come back 15 minutes later and they're like, hey, we're all waiting in the room. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like we told you we had a oh. meeting. So same thing with uh, with my wife. And I think she's finally like understanding that this isn't me being like the the wife, husband, uh, yeah. you know, ha ha. Uh, but guys will bring up things that happen in combat. I'm like, I, I, I'm like, sorry, fellas. I, I just don't remember that. Yeah. Um, and, and there's things that they don't remember as well. So, sure. I mean, multiple, like, for my generation that served 20 years and had multiple combats, so there were like several lesions on the brain. Um, but Less. great. Dude, those, like, that's a badge of honor in a sense. You know what? It kind of is, right? Yeah. Like, okay, that's my, that's my challenge. Yeah. You, you, the one thing we're scared about is it, it does open us up to early onset dementia, dementia yeah. and, and Alzheimer. Parkinson's. Uh, yes. ALA, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, there's not to bring this up. I don't want to invest. There's, yeah. there's a buddy who's a, he was a combat photographer in, uh, in Vietnam. Oh, wow. And he is a Meredith partner at, uh, IDEO, which is one of the biggest think tanks in, in Silicon Valley. Right. The mouse we all use, they design amongst other things. Yes. His name is, uh, Dave Haygood. Okay. And, uh, he had Parkinson's 
And uh, he had a node implanted in his brain that when the Parkinson stops, he just hits the node and it, it stops. Yes. And uh, he was so proud of it. It was like the coolest thing. Yeah. But if you know Dave, Dave is just that type of person. Right. Yeah. So. Oh, I love it. You got to make the most of adversity in, in those that, because you, you see it. Right. You've seen people with your, 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 your level of injury oh, that yeah. just shut down and life's oh. over. I've seen people with lower level injuries. They have more control. Like they know when they have to go to the bathroom and they shut it down. I'm like, really? Like you, so, you know, I, I get it. I understand it because there are two ways that you can go. You can go into the feeling sorry for yourself, sitting on the sofa with dirty sweats, watching the housewives or whatever, or you get out and you teach people that this is okay. You're fine. And my, this is not, this is not what defines me. Correct. Yeah. The gold medals didn't define me. This piece of metal is not going to define me. For so many that does define them. Oh, of course it does. Of course it does. But my goal in my life right now is to make it so that that doesn't define them. Right. So like I've got a friend who's a quad, so he can't uh, move dude. right from like he has upper arm movement. He's getting into acting. Brilliant. That's awesome. It's amazing. Yeah. Right. Like there is no holds barred. There's a girl who is a writer and a producer for NCIS New Orleans who has my level of injury. Do you ever wonder why there was a guy in a wheelchair on that show? Right. It's so cool. Amy, I can't tell you I'm a fan of NCIS because I got investigated the day I retired. You did? Uh, Oh, yeah. Bullshit story. This is this is government. Oh, it was it was my closure that, oh, I'm really done with the government. I retired. Thank you. This is why. But that's that's another story. There are good people in NCIS. I just dealt with shitty, uh, um, shitty NCIS agents. The same same guys that went after Eddie Gallagher. If you ever heard that that story. Okay. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, mm. you know, I am blanking here because we've been drinking all day. God damn you. Um, so sorry. <laughs> no, you know, it's okay. Uh, you, well, let me say this. Uh, I've got a few friends that yeah. are, you know, Rob Jones mm-hmm. lost both his legs yeah. uh, in, in Afghanistan and then went on to run 31 marathons and 31 days on his blades. And yes. his positivity is through the roof. Matthew, uh, and I'm forgetting Matt, uh, Bradford is another Marine that okay. lost his legs and lost his sight. And uh, what's his motto is no, no sight. Uh, wait, wait, no legs, no problem. But they almost adjusted better than veterans that came home with all their limbs and all their, uh, you know, uh, Faculties, faculties and all of that. Yeah. And, and it, 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 it makes me think of like one, if I was in their position, I don't know what I would do. I would think, well, I would like to think I, I would be like them, but part of me thinks like, no, like those guys are more resilient than I am. I would have shut down, but I, it's like they said, Hey, these are my circumstances Yeah, from here forward. They don't define me. I define myself Correct. from my actions. Yes. Yes. But that's what successful people do all through their life. So that's why I want to teach people with disabilities to do that and to be happy for just be happy for one thing a day. That's all it takes. You know, be happy that your husband high-fived you or you got a kiss from a dog that wasn't your, you know what I mean? Yeah. You just have to, and it'll build, right? I've heard so many times people say, I don't know how I would do it. I don't know how I would be in your position. But the thing is when you are in my position, you don't have a choice. No, you do. Well, you you do. Well, you do have a choice. I didn't have a choice, right? No, you did too. You just chose. So this is where I chose door number one instead of door number two, which is the harder, harder door. It is. You think? Oh yeah. You you probably, you've been through all this. Well, I've not been through this, but to choose the door of just shutting down means putting no effort and, and saying I'm defined by this. Correct. And there's nothing I can do. Correct. 
And I just hope that people don't do that. I hope that people can look at their situation, no matter what it is, right? We've talked about it before. We're living in crazy times, you know, and find one thing that'll make you happy. And then it will just snowball and you will be positive, but look at the good things that you have in your life, right? Like maybe you have a cool dog or a cool cat, or maybe you've got like a squirrel that comes to visit you every day. You know, there's always something good in life. You just have to find it. And sometimes it's hard to find, but you can always do it. Well, I'm still searching for that cool squirrel. Once I find it, I'll let you know. Okay. Let me know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so Amy, I know you speak and, I, and we're going to wind this down. We, we always end with two questions, okay. but when you speak and I, I envision you speaking to a, a auditorium of high schoolers and college students all sitting there. Mm-hmm. What's what, what are those things that you try to reinforce to them? Well, I tell them my story and basically my story is who are you to tell me what I can and can't do, right? Nobody knows what's in my heart, in my soul, in my brain, in my body. You don't know me. So don't tell me I can't do something. And when you're trying to, you're, you're saying, saying to them, no matter your circumstances, no matter, don't let- no matter your circumstances, you can have the worst day ever. Your worst day is different than my worst day. So don't compare it with anybody for joy. Absolutely. Yeah. And just live in the moment and, and, and have fun, be positive. Crap is going to happen to you and it's not going to be fun, but when you can get through it and see the other side, it's beautiful. So be patient. It may not take a day. It may not take a week or a year, but you will get there. And I want them to know that nothing can, can keep them down. We're resilient as human beings. If if you, you don't let it find it. Right. But it's like when your dog accidentally eats your engagement ring, you got to look for the diamond through the shit. Uh, I'm sorry. Did this happen? It may have happened. <laughs> that sounds like an accountability issue. It may have been. Was, was your husband a little, uh, well, that's I, I told the story. He's not here right now. So I can tell the story. Oh, he didn't know. Oh gosh. I don't think so. Maybe he does. Let's ask because him they, I mean, how often do I, I recognize the ring on my wife's finger? It just, Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And it's covered with a little, why do you smell Amy? I don't know. My diamond's clean. Right. But it's like that. I, I don't even know what to say to that. I, I know, but know that's, how, that's yeah. how I look at life, right? Like, so the, there is a diamond. You just got to keep looking for it. And sometimes it's not cute, but you'll find it. Sometimes it takes years to find. Correct. Yeah. And several dogs. <laughs> We are too many drinks deep. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> so we, we close this out yeah. in, in one, where can people contact you to come speak to their organizations, their companies, their, awesome. their communities? Thank you. So I have an agent. Um, his name is Mark Zimmerman. If you go onto my Instagram, I have his stuff right there. On at there. Amy Van Dyken. At Amy Van Dyken. You can find me on the Twitter mm-hmm. at Amy Van Dyken. You can find me on the snappy chats at Amy Van Dyken. And you can also find me on the Tiki Talks. Yeah, I don't think I have, I don't think I have Snapchat, do I? No, it's but I have, I have Tiki Talk. The Tiki Talk I, is I, awesome. I've never signed on to Tiki Talk. And my wife is like, my wife saw that and she's like, she just walked out of the room. Seriously? I'm like, I, I'm like I don't run that. Michelle and I are, and will run that. Not even me. Okay. That is hilarious. Tiki Talks are fun, man. You I can't do it. Crazy. I, there, there's, no. So we didn't have social media when we were in. Correct. Like just, so the first social media account I had was Facebook when I went into the university of Texas MBA program, because they pass information through sure. the groups and that was a stretch. And now that I understand social media is a tool and yes. I'll be honest, the, the, the team runs the majority of it. I don't want to seem sound like a diva. Like my team runs my social media. My people. Yeah, 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 we, we do. We do. Um, but I, I want to finish with two questions. Okay. First, what are those one, two, three rules, those tenants, those non-negotiables 
that those codes that you've lived your life by that have most of the time led to success. I know sometimes you follow your own rules. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work out, but for those listening Mm -hmm. that want to be like you, right? Believe in yourself, believe in the goals that you set for yourself and always be a kind person because every human being in this world is just trying to do what you are and get along in the world and be happy and have a good life. Do you think number three has been lost? Number three has been lost. I think in the world it's been lost. I really do. I, I, you know, I'm down the street and it's hard being in a wheelchair, you know, in downtown Denver and I'll be bebopping around and these kids are on their phones and I almost, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to run you over. Like nobody pays attention to anybody anymore. We need to have that communication with people. Like if you look at a baby who isn't touched at all, it won't live. Yeah. That we need touch. We need hugs. We need all the things. And we've gotten away from that. Are you still in swimming? Are you doing any coaching or mentoring whatsoever? So no, I was, I was coaching a high school swim team. Now I work for PAC 12 network. I've worked yes. for them for 10 years. I as did, a commentator, as a commentator, yes. I did the Olympics this past year as a commentator. Yes. And you crushed it. Thank you. It was a You've lot got of more fun. personality than the others who are very, right. I, well, I won't, I won't trash on your colleagues. Here's what I never knew about sports people, right? They're always so serious. You're talking about a game. Like, like you're talking about a game. It's fun. Right. And I know that, yes. Okay. Super Bowls and Stanley cups and all yeah. that it's on the line. However, it's what you did when you were six to have fun. Yeah. Have fun. Just have fun, man. If we went back to how we were when we were five and six years old, the world would be a better place. Yeah, it would. I think. Especially in your twenties when you don't care about money, you're just having fun. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And all you're doing is coming home when the streets yeah. lights are on yeah. for just some dinner and then you're going back out. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that, that, that's powerful. And um, lastly, when the time has come, how are you going to look back in your life and how are you going to evaluate whether you've lived a life of impact and purpose? If I can see disabled people being represented as we represent every other community in this world, I will be happy. But I also want my tombstone to read. Here we go. She was a really cool chick and kind of a dick. (laughs) If if that happens, I I told somebody recently, I think it was, it was on the Andy Sun podcast. I said, always the bridesmaid, never the bride. And what I mean by that is always a team player, always a team player, right? Never the Michael Jordan. Yes. Always the, uh, the, the Kerr or or the Pippen. Yeah. Right. No, I always felt for Scotty Pippen. I'm like, man, he was my favorite. I I loved him. You still one of the, the the NBA greats. Yeah, I know you're right. But at the time it was like, Oh, all about Michael. But then Scotty's pulling up these numbers that are pretty good. Astronomical. All-star in any other team. Any other team. But an all-star in the history of the, the NBA. Exactly. Yeah. But they wouldn't have done it, what they did without each other. I always say that, like, if you take one person out of a team, even though you could fill the spot with a person, it's the attitude, the energy that makes that team what it is. So when you disrupt it, it kind of funks it up a little bit. When are we going to see the documentary on Amy Van Dyke and Ruin? Oh, I don't know if we need to see that. Yeah, we do. Well, we, I don't know. We need to get that done. Okay. If you know anybody who wants Netflix, if you are interested at all, give me a call. I think young ladies need to see that. I want my, I would want my daughter and my son to, uh, to see that. I would love that. Well, that means a lot. Thank you. I appreciate that. Maybe it'll be a cartoon when it's out. Who knows? Well, I know we still have some drinking tonight. We do. Isn't this crazy? I know we're gonna have so much fun. Well, there's gotta be a level where I'm going to be like, Hey, 1030, everyone go get some sleep. You have no idea. I turn into a pumpkin. Are you, like, so my wife and the, I mean, yeah. my wife is 32. I'm, I'm about to turn 45. I, what I love about her is we, she's like nine, 9 PM. She's like, time to go home. She is good. Oh, oh I yeah. love her. Oh, but she's up at 5 AM. Like 
on the, and I used to be up before and now it's like changing. She's like, I used to love when you get up before me. Now it's just like, it's a little unattractive. We, we, we play without, oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So Whereas you got to play in a relationship. Oh yeah. You got to play. So we're going to jump tomorrow yeah. and we're going to video and tape this, this entire thing. And, and I'm so interested for your perspective on the ground. Remember yeah, Pendleton whiskey Correct. shot on the ground. And we are going to dedicate this jump, not only to you, but somebody who lost their life on July 17th during the global war on terror. We'll keep that name for, uh, for tomorrow. Amy, I cannot thank you enough thank for you. all the followers. Remarkable woman, high performer, one of the most resilient women I've ever met. If you can't learn from this story, the problem is not her. It's you. And I just said that. All right, guys, we'll see you again. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Men's Journal Everyday Warrior podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and pick up a new issue of Men's Journal Magazine. Men's Journal Magazine has features on health and fitness, adventure and travel, style, and my favorite, the coolest gear hitting the market today. Until next time, I'm Mike Sorelli, and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.